Another MMA podcast, or of course, as uh, the great Danny would say, Bienvenidos a Smack My Picks Up. How do you like that, Pammy? UFC on ESPN 14, Whitaker versus Till will take place this Saturday, guys, the 26th. Of course, we have a bunch of fights. We have Bellator going on tomorrow night. I think we have one tonight. Um, Flash Forum, of course at the Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. More like a hanger. Shout out as I'm choking on this one. Good Lord. Let's meet the host. Let's get this thing going. Shout out to, of course, my boy Proteus. Proteus, thinking about you. Miss you. Come back soon. We are back with Marco, who I had incorrect information. Marco did not have COVID. Apparently, I got the wrong guy in Texas that had COVID. He was, um, gosh, now I can't remember his name. Ray from San Antonio, I think, uh, Junkie said today that um, had COVID. So hope he heals up. Hopefully he's doing well. Shout out to Ray. Let's meet our host, guys. Let's go with the first lady of AMP Radio. The woman that needs no introduction unless, of course, she's a blue devil. Hit it. (laughs) Hey, Bienvenidos, y'all. What's up? Hey, que pasa? Que pasa? Calabaza? What's going down? Um, it's a hot and humid day here in North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to North Carolina. Is everything open yet? Uh, like, like, you know, you, you can go out to eat and stuff like that, but, you know, still the social distancing thing and stuff like that. And in my office, uh, we're only seeing one patient. Only one patient can be in the office at a time, so... It's just weird, weird times. As Pammy would say, Kulo. Um, and not in beach, a good way. Man. You know, I'm at the beach. I'm at the beach. You know we're looking you at your photos. Beach, Shout out to the beautiful you know, Pam. Well, you know, I can, you can be outside without a mask. So I, I, I'm out there. Um, I get out there about 730 in the morning before all the tourists wake up. And I stay for an hour, and that's my zen for the day. I'm good. Just be careful with those dreaded emus. Shout out to the emus. Oh, I love Pam, them. Mm. Let's, let's get the other star of the show, the man who I was mistaken. He was not ill, so thank God for that. Let's hit it. He's just crazy. He's not ill. He's crazy. Marco from Waker. No, I don't have COVID, but my thoughts are with you, Ray from San Antonio. I'm going to reach out to you as soon as the show is over. Uh, weird, weird times. Man. Here in Texas, on the other hand, everything started to shut down again because, you know, Greg Abbott, idiot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, much everywhere. Uh, we got skyrocketing cases. People dropping like leaves left and right, dying. It's, it's a mess, man. Texas is a freaking mess right now. I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk some MMA. Let's do it. Hit it. Fifteen fight card. Wow. This is kind of overkill, not including, of course, Bellator and some of the other promotions. Shout out to MMA. Kind of opening back up. 
Um, let's start with the women's strawway we go, and unfortunately they will not be Carla Whisper tonight. That's for darn sure. Oh. Carla is mm-hmm. mm-hmm. guys, 17 and 6. She will take on Maria Rodriguez, 12-0-2, guys. The tail of the tape, of course, as far as a little bit younger at 32, I'm surprised by that. Marina Rodriguez at 33. Here's the discrepancy right here. 5-1 versus 5-6. However, the reach is almost the same. 63 inches for Carla Esparza. 65 for Marina Rodriguez. Pam, I go to you. Will it be mm-hmm. Carla Esparza or will it be Marina Rodriguez? Well, there is, to me, conflicting information on Marina Rodriguez <laughs> because I have her listed at uh, 5'7 with the 67-inch reach. So, yeah, you know, two inches. What's two inches? That's what she said. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. What difference does two inches make? Well, let me tell you what. Okay. So you have Ma- Marina Rodriguez. All the difference. Como? It makes all the difference. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, Carla Esparza, oh, thirty-two five one six three. Carla's specialty, as we know, is wrestling. Uh, Marina is a, a blue belt in uh, jiu-jitsu, practices Muay Thai. Uh, you know what? I'm picking Carla on this. I'm going to pick her by a decision because she's a decisionator. But Carla somehow happens to just squeak by and and win by some kind of crazy fluke or something it's just it's just weird she wins the fights that we don't think that she's going to win so i'm putting her down as a decision on this one for me please so pam going with the former champ i can't believe i'm saying that but she is a former champ uh carlos mm-hmm. Barza decision over marina rodriguez i actually am going the other way Guys, and sorry, the, all the tail of the tape I'm getting straight from the UFC site, which does vary um, <laughs> from time to time, believe it or not. But Marina Rodriguez, guys, she has fought um, Cynthia Calvillo, who I think is a better jiu-jitsu uh, person than Carla Esparza. Certainly not the same in terms of wrestling, but Jessica Aguilar is not a slouch wrestling either. Um, and Marina took that one. So I'm taking Marina Rodriguez via decision. Marco, I go to you. Will it be? Carla Spars of the Cookie Monster, will it be Marina Rodriguez? Oh, man, I struggle with this one a little bit because Marina Rodriguez is no joke, man. Uh, she's tall and lanky, and uh, she's actually a little more of a, a striker-oriented uh, fighter. And we have seen Carla struggle with the strikers. If uh, if Carla cannot, cannot get the clinch and take her down, uh, I've seen Carla's going to be in trouble. Um I'm going to see it like you, uh, Tony. I'm going to go with uh, Rodriguez just because I think Carla, yeah, she, she is a former champ. Yeah, she beats Rosanna Jonas and la, la, la. But she's not, she hasn't evolved as much as I, I would love to, to see her evolve for, for the level that she is. And she tends to win, lose, win, lose, and she's due for a loss. So I'm going to pick Marina Rodriguez by decision. Marco going um, also. So Pam going with Carla Sparks' mm-hmm. decision. Marco going with Marina before you start. just like I am. Oh, what what, what, before you start. Hey, before you start. Uh, yes, sir. Freaking uh, Dana White don't need to stop Cocker for this freaking event, dude. 15 freaking fights. Holy shit. Isn't that a Bellator thing? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it 
So there's what called dark matches, typically for Bellator. By the way, the odds, Pam, um, Marina Rodriguez, a minus 175 favorite over the former champ at a plus 155. So um, obviously a few people are seeing it uh, the way Marco sees it as well. No one's impressed. All right, let's, <laughs> let's move to- on, guys. I can't believe I'm saying this, but to the heavyweight we go, and I'm not just, I'm not just talking about Fabricio Verdum. I'm talking about Alexander Gustafson. Wow. Gustafson, of course, the favorite, believe it or not, moving up in weight really? at a minus 345. Yes. Um, and that's down, by the way. He was a, a much greater favorite. Fabricio Verdum, a plus 285. I'm really shocked at that. Um, tail of the tape, you guys. Fabrizio Verdum, 29-23-9-1. Alexander Gustafsson, 18-6-0. Age difference, huge gap by nine years. Fabrizio Verdum, the senior, 42, versus Alexander Gustafsson at 33-6-3 for Fabrizio Verdum, 6-4 for um, Gustafsson. Reach, believe it or not, Gustafsson has it as well. Two inches, a dramatic two inches. Marco, I go to you. Will it be Vi Cavallo, Fabricio Verdum, or will it be Alexander Gustafsson, the Mahler? Okay, uh, this was actually right for me. I like the move for Gustafsson to heavyweight after taking wow. a, a short retirement, a short, short retirement. He started to reinvent himself a heavyweight. And at 33, that is a very, very young heavyweight, man. Now, Cabo de Cavallo, or Fabricio, man, He's not 42. He's actually 43 years old. He just turned 43, and he looked like dog shit against Olenek. He looked <laughs> so bad on that side. And that is what I think he ought, I mean, he's, he was not in shape, and uh, he, he got outdone by Olenek, man. So the odds are not running. He, the same for this we're doing, shows up that show up against Olenek, he's going to get a school. Uh, for Fabrizio, even though his striking was you know, much, much improved over the years, you know, with the Mutai, is not at the level of Gustafsson. And for Fabricio to be able to do his jiu-jitsu on the ground, he has to take Gustafsson to the ground too. That is next to impossible, only like, besides Phil Davis and, and Jones and Cormier, no one else take him down. So, uh, if, if this fight stays on the field, Gustafsson is going to piece out Fabricio. It's going to be ugly. I love this vote for Gustafsson to heavyweight, reinvent himself, put, inject some, some excitement on the heavyweight division. He got some tough matches if he wins this one. I mean, if he stays a heavyweight, it gets really interesting with the Alexander Volkovs and the Rosenstrucks, JDS, Overins, and, and, you know, the, the Colmias and the Stipes, even though those two might retire, but whatever, or the Enganus. But the Gustafsson of the heavyweight division is a good thing. I'm picking Gustafsson. I'm picking him by KO, and I'm picking him on the second round. Second round, KO, uh, Marco, going with uh, going up in weight, Alexander Gustafsson. By the way, didn't he get uh, also taken down by Anthony Smith because he was um, he was choked out? So I could be mm-hmm. wrong, but that's what I thought. Uh, Pam, in the fourth round, um, yep. Before we go to you, you know what? I'm actually um, I can't agree with Marco. I forgot about the Smith, man. You're right. You're right. I remember that one because I was surprised uh, by it. And, again, that was the, the, uh, 
the um, very short uh, retirement. The problem is, guys, I don't know if Gustafsson, how much weight he can gain. And I don't know how good Fabrizio Verdun is going to He works around 240 to 45. Damn. The reports were uh, from his, uh, you know, like a lot of people get interviews right now from other people. His workaround was 245 to 40. And uh, he then, start, when he starts his scan, he trims down 230, and then, then he does his cut. So now he's a big guy. He's, he's, not a, yeah. he's gonna be like the the, uh, the the very least 235 and at the tone 245 when when he hit the scales tomorrow. So if that's the case, and you know, I still don't know if he how he'll like you said he walks around. What'd you say 245? You said yeah, that is about what is Stipe and DC weight. And the Rutuan usually walks around 245, 250. Yeah. You know what, guys? I, for whatever reason, and, and it just could be my heart talking, I'm going uh, – Marco actually made me think, but I'm not going to switch. I'm going to go with Mauricio Verdum. I do like, by the way, what Marco said. Um, if I was a smart man, I'd probably go the other way, but I'm going with uh, Mauricio Verdum via submission in the third. Um, I, I just think that's the way to go out. This is the last fight in his contract. So, Pam, let's go to you. Will mm-hmm. it be Mauricio Verdum or will it be the baller? Alexander Gustafsson. Hey, man. Um, Alexander looked bad in his last two fights, too. So call me stupid, man. I'm going with Fabrizio. Um, he, he hasn't looked that great in, the last, in his last two fights, which is why he retired. So how do you retire and then come back and, and do a completely different weight class? I just don't see it happening. Fabrizio, That's man, Connor. he's got all, all the <laughs> talent in the world. Um, black belt in judo, black belt in Muay Thai, a submission wrestling. Um, man, I, I just don't see it. I, I think Alex is going down. I think Fabrizio, this is his swan song. Um, Alex is going down. I've got a first round submission for me. Wow. Pammy, wow. with the first round sub, um, I can't say I blame you on that one. I'm doing it strictly because. I'm just a Fabricio fan, but you're right. I mean, he hasn't looked good in the last couple of fights, meaning the baller, Alexander Gustafson, but I mean, right, Marco is, makes a point that why too, he you retired? guys. Because he kept losing. He was, that's why he retired. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, hey, kudos to him for having Webbles to do that, but I don't know, man. Those Webbles are getting beat. You're going to have scrambled eggs. <laughs> Quick question before we move up, guys. What's next for Verdun? Let's just say – Wins or loses, does he retire or does he go to another promotion? I think he goes uh, bare knuckle. Nah. Uh, the UFC is not going to let him go because he's still a functional fighter for them to put a heavyweight. You be Fabrizio Verdun, you become a contender. So, no, the UFC is going to keep him around. But besides, remember, he was away for two years for that. Uh, you saw a suspension for a year and a half because he got a deal, but no, they're not going to let him hey, go Marco, anywhere. Is is uh, he still doing that? Remember, he was doing that. He was doing the comment, commentating in Spanish. Is he still doing that? Oh, on and off, yeah. He still does it. Yeah, I don't know because that was part of the suspension as well, right? Which was kind of weird. But um, let's move up, guys, to the co-main okay. event. We go. I'm just going to say it. Because I can't play the drop at the same time. Mauricio uh, Shogun Hua. Hoo Hua. 26, 11, and 1, guys. He will fight Little Nog. Antonio Ogerio Noguera. 
23 and 9. Seems like little nog fights once once every two years or so. Uh, Mauricio Hua, by the way, 38 years young. Boy, he's been around for a while. Little nog, 44 years young. Um, Hua at 6'1. Middle Nog at 6'2", 76-inch reach for Hua, and of course, 75-inch reach for Little Nog. Camp, will it be Shogun, yep. or will it be Little Nog? Y'all, y'all. Oh, the, well, let me give you the odds, Pammy. Okay, Sorry, yeah. I'm, I All apologize, right. Pammy. Um, Shogun Hua at a minus 185, Little Nog at a plus 160. Sorry, Pam, all yours. Did you say plus 160? One six zero, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Antonio's uh, last fight, if and he's retiring. Am I correct? I think so. I'm not well, sure. He's retiring I'm from the sure. UFC. Yeah, retiring from the UFC is what I understood. So you know what? I, I'm I'm sorry. I think this is just a, a card filler. Mauricio takes him oh. out in the second round by TKO. Short and sweet. Ouch. <laughs> sorry. Okay. sorry, not sorry. Card filler. Ouch. Ouch. No respect for Little Nog. I have to agree with you on this one, Pam. I just don't see how Little Nog, at his age and the fact that he doesn't fight very often, I don't see how he wins. So I'm going with uh, Shogun Hua. Um, I say he, he uh, carries him a little. So I'm going third round TKO for Shogun Hua. Marco, right. we go to you. Will it be Shogun or will it be? What is going on? Someone knocked on his door. Might be Amazon delivery for the, uh, Marco. Um, Marco, I go to you. Will it be? Marco, I go to you. Will it be Shogun Hua or will it be Little Nog? Ah, uh, look, this is a rematch. Nobody was asking about. It, it should have <laughs> happened like ten years ago when it mattered. You know, <clears throat> we got uh, two aging legends. And uh, the caveat on this one is that, uh, oddly enough, Chukun Robin winning, man. He, like, he finds it once a year, but more often than not, he wins. His next wins left and right. Uh, I mean, he, the, the, the last five fights, he fought, he's 4-1. Four, four so, and, and Rogerio Nogueira, man, little mug. Ah, man. I don't like his chances, man. I think the Shogun is going to pack a little bit more speed and power, a little bit more violence, and it's going to end ugly. It's going to get on the second round. It's, it's going to be another TKO there. Give me, give me Shogun, just, just because. And then we won't see him for another year. And we don't know if he's probably just retired for good. I joined his twin brother on the freaking uh, front porch to talk about the old days when they were like young and, and full, of, uh, full of peace and vinegar. <laughs> Even Shogun Rua at PKL in the second. Wow, everyone not giving Little Nog a shot. Wow, remember those days when Little Nog and Big Nog were uh, something? Oh, wait, wait. No, no, we are giving him a shot because we're giving him that he's going to last the first round. So we're picking him with the second <laughs> round. So we're, we're giving him a shot. A little bit, but we are. Darn, shout out to Little <laughs> Nog. I like him. God. All right, let's move up. And your own country, uh, man, of, of all things. I know. Uh, Oh, but I had the other one, so, you know. That's right. Yeah, you still have many more options. Tammy, we're going up go. to the main event. And oh. this is a fight oh. that I did want to see. I know Marco said no one wanted to see the, 
the, <laughs> the rematch of Hua and Little Nog, but this one I do want to see. I'm curious to see how Ro- Robert Whitaker's head is, guys. Former champ, 21-5, and I thought Bobby Knuckles indeed, and I thought he was, by the way, a fantastic champion. He will be fighting Darren Till, 8-2-1, 29 years young for Robert Whitaker, 27 for Darren Till. I forget how young he is. They're both six feet. I'm surprised. I thought Darren Till would be taller. 73 and a half inch reach for the Bobby Knuckles indeed. And of course, not to mention uh, the Reaper, uh, Darren Till, 74 and a half. Pam, um, before mm-hmm. I go to Marco, Robert Whitaker, the favorite at a minus 130. Darren Till, the underdog, at a plus 110. Marco, I go to you. Will it be Bobby Knuckles or will it be Darren Till? Bobby Knuckles! So, what were we? Oh, Bobby Knuckles! (laughs) Only enough, the Bobby Knuckles reign was uh, against Joel Romero. He won the title against Joel Romero. That was an interim championship. Then, you know... The championship became the real championship after the Bisping and George St. Pierre deal. And then he defended against Joel Romero. Very interesting champion uh, reign. The guy is really good. I love Bobby Knuckles. Darren Till was uh, a middleweight trying to fight a world to go for a long time. He only got one win a middleweight against Gastelum. And we also what happened to Gastelum last weekend. I don't know what's going on with my, my, with my man Kelvin, but... Oh, man. Go Tuesday, man. That's what's I, up. I, I, Ouch. I, I, he's a five-rounder. This is a five-rounder. I mean, Tiz has been on five-round fights before, so it's no stranger to that. The only time that he uh, got the with title, he got... Yes, he got a race by Tyron Woodley on the championship fight. And uh, when, when uh, every time he goes into a freaking uh, main event, he either chests the bet or, 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 or makes it true. But I still got to pick Bobby Knuckles. You know that. Robert Whittaker, I've seen, is a little bit better on the feet. Uh, he went past his quote unquote burnout. If he comes up to Fauna, he's the same Bobby Knuckles that was you know, the champion and the guy that got into the, the middleweight title picture. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's Bobby Knuckles fans to lose, man. Uh, with a, I mean, with a, uh, Till is, is dangerous. He, he can crack, but he hasn't shown me enough of mirror for me to be a believer. So I'm going to take the non-commodity, Robert Whitaker, that by the way, he was also and worked away before and went up to mirror away, and uh, you see what happened with him. So give me Whitaker, and I give, give, give him to me on the points. I think he's going to outlast him till wow. uh, I'll carry him. Yeah, and I want to give the deal the respect of not getting out. out. I mean, he's going to be an interesting fight. It's going to be a classic because he's too can crack. So give me a way to get all the points, uh, 48-47. Well, um, Marco surprising me. Bobby Knuckles, of course, I'm a huge fan of Bobby Knuckles. So I'm choosing Bobby Knuckles with a uh, – let's go with the second-round TKO. I'm going Bobby Knuckles. Pam, I go to you. Yep. Will it be Bobby Knuckles yeah. or will it be – Guaranteed. <laughs> uh, on paper, who's making all that noise? Who's eating, Marco? Go eat your nachos quietly. Um, man, how, how can you? I, I think Robert Whitaker. I think he is probably like one of the most loved fighters, if not. I mean, this guy. He every. Oh my. 
I, I don't even know what to say about him. Um, boxing, karate, jiu-jitsu, hapkido. Uh, he, remember, he was on a nine-win streak before his loss to Adesanya, and he did have that loss to Thompson in 2014, six years ago. Um, Darren Till he went five with uh, five rounds with um, Wonderboy Thompson. How long ago? Um, 2017. So, uh, you know, cardio... Um, he was coming off a split decision over Gastelum, losses to Masvidal and Woodley. Man, I, I, I can't go against Bobby Knuckles. I'm, I'm not um, – this is not going five rounds, in my opinion. I am also picking a second-round TKO, um, Robert Whitaker, the Reaper. Pam also going with the Reaper all across the board. Pam going with Robert Whitaker uh, – Marco going with Robert Whitaker via decision. I'm going with a second round TKO uh, for Robert Whitaker. Pam, are you going decision or TKO? I oh, know I said second round TKO also. But should wow. I change second it? Round the same thing? No, 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 no. Let's keep it. No, let's okay. keep it. We have enough okay. differences. So I have okay. a question for you guys before we move on to last week's card. Okay. Question for okay. you guys is. Bobby Knuckles has been through a lot, guys, physically, a lot of injuries, and, of course, um, the fact that he's also uh, battled, I don't know if it was depression or his daughter's illness, but he was kind of out of it. So, Pam, let's go to you first. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think will be uh, will affect Robert Whitaker? Um, I, I think it, it, it affects him. I think it's going to be a, a positive effect because I think that what, whatever had happened to him, I think it's going to give him motivation. Um, I don't see it as a negative uh, because I think, um, you know, wasn't he donating bone marrow to his daughter or something like that? I believe so, yeah. I I think so. So I I think those are all positive things that were happening in his life. I mean, his daughter was sick, but he did a a really positive thing. So I I think that that has – I think it's going to have positive attributes instead of negative. I think it's going to give him – um, I don't want to try to render your parade, but Robert Quidditcher himself denied those allegations that that never really happened. Oh, he became like a, a he became like a like an urban myth, uh, urban legend. But uh, on an interview with uh, Ariel on his you know Ariel Kiwani show, Quidditcher himself out of his mouth said that that never really happened, and he doesn't know how uh, that started to come out, come about. Oh wow. To say, really? yeah, like uh, wow. the only reason that, the only reason he took a break is because he was burned out. He 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 was just you know going through the paces. No, but there's nothing but, wrong uh, with he, that either. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with you seeing that you yourself need to take a break. You know, instead of somebody no, no, telling no, you, I, "Hey, I, man, take a break." You know, I I understand that everybody thought that because it was all over the news, and I believe it myself. And then when he mm-hmm. himself said that. That wasn't hmm. the case. I was just scratching my head. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. But, wow. Yeah. wow. All right. I didn't know that. I actually also believed it. So thanks, Marco, for clearing that up because I literally thought it was the, the other way yeah. around. So. Well, where did that story come from then? Well, I, he doesn't even know because uh, like he first talked to the guys on submission radio and uh, something was mentioned there and he never really denied or confirmed. But then, uh, after the, the Arisania fight, he cleared the with Helwane. So, we might be a little bit true. He might not want to, like, 
you know, make his private life public. I, I don't know, but he, yeah, no. categorically, yeah. he categorically denied it. So it is what it is, man. Yeah. And that's well, understandable, right, though, to want to keep your private life private, you know? So, see, he's a classy guy. I, I, I don't know. I like Robert Whitaker. Guys, let's go into everyone's favorite. As Cody is like to say, spotlight fight of the night. Oh, man. Guys, to the women's Batman, Batman weight we go. Shout out to Danny. Um, you know what? Um, there will be, of course, no careless whisper tonight. That's not a secret. Best Cohale, full fight, Penny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going with... Um, Penny Kianzad, just because I think uh, Betch is a little cuckoo. So, uh, for no reason at all, <laughs> I'm going with uh, Penny <laughs> Kianzad, just because I think uh, Betch is a little... Uh, okay. and, and, by the way, Penny is a favorite at a one, minus 160. Betch, the underdog, at 140. Uh, Marco, let's go to you. Your spotlight fight of the night. The Brazilian Cowboy, Alex Oliveira. Give me that dude. Oh my God, baby maker. We don't lose. I, I, he always is an, an entertaining fight, but I'm picking him to win by second round TKO. Alex Cowboy Rivera. Second round TKO. Marco going with Kit, Alex Cowboy Oliveira. By the way, if you believe. By the way, I think all second round TKOs today. <laughs> if you believe. Cowboy Oliveira's birthday. I'm 30 years young. Uh, Pam, let's go to you. Your spotlight fight of the night. Oh, you guys, I've got a banger for you. A banger. Kamzat Chimaev and Rice McGee. Oh, my God, this fight is going to be, I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be fun. On paper, this card is amazing. Both of these guys, young guys, 126, 124. These guys are six one. And six to respectively ten and two, seven and zero, four KOs and three subs for comes uh, up, and seven KOs and three subs for McKee. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be fireworks, but I'm taking McKee with the first round TKO. Do we have odds on that at all or not? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we do, Pammy. So Reese right. McKee. Uh, by the way, I don't know if it's Reese or Rice. I don't know. Uh, um, huge underdog, by the way, at a plus. 800, Pam. So you got your work cut out for you because, uh, yep, Kazm, uh, Kazm, that, uh, Chim, Abev, I butchered that, is a minus 1,200 favorite, guys. The biggest favorite on the card. So, Pam, you're going wow. out on the list. Wow. Hey, man. We'll see. Wow. We'll see. All right. So, guys, let's get I'm into there. this. We go, uh, we do the Have MMA rewind. or something? Apparently, apparently well, he's, like, like the, he's supposed to be like the second coming of Khabib. Oh, Jesus. Well, okay. See, he's a huge, 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 huge favorite. Marco, let's go to the uh, radio rewind. Hit it. Rewind. <laughs> Here we go, Sam. Your boy's night. Flyweight oh. division, we went. A new champion is crowned, and to be honest with you, as much as I like Joe B, there were way too many chances for him to get that belt. I know the UFC likes oh, it, but come on. Uh, Davidson but didn't Figueroa. I Davidson? You did um, with a, a submission. So, uh, Pam, let's start with you. Davidson mm-hmm. finishes Joe B as he goes out 
in the first. Yep. What say you? You know, I was um, I was hoping. You know, I, well, it's like I said, I had picked Davison, but but if Benavides be this one, my feelings wouldn't have been hurt. But I, I think uh, Joe all right, needs to retire. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but he's a winner with Megan O'Leary, so you know. Big time winner on that one, Marco. Mm-hmm. I know you're mm-hmm. a big fan of Joe B. Joe B. gets finished in the first, and it wasn't even close in the first. Marco, what say you? Yeah, I think he got finished three times in the first. <laughs> he's a bummer, dude. I mean, I know Joe Benavides. I met the guy, uh, nicest dude ever, and uh, Megan O'Leary is so sweet. Um, man, I don't know how to feel about him, man. Uh, he should have got that title shot uh, against Seguro, you know, like a, a couple of years ago, really, you know, instead of being a DJ Dilla show. But that is a story for another day. Figueroa is a beast. The guy's a real deal. I mean, if this guy continues to do the, his thing at 125, I don't see too many people that are, are going to beat him. I know he got a loss against freaking Formiga, but the Formiga that is fighting now that got back-to-back losses against this Figueroa will get starched. Uh, good for Brazil because they needed another Brazilian champion. They only, they only got Amanda there for a while. <laughs> uh, Joseph, man, he wants to have one more and go out on a win. And I, I don't like it. He earned that right. He earned the right to go out on a win. So the UFC is probably going to match him up with somebody that he can beat and then he can drive it to the sunset. But, uh, you know, he's probably one of the best fighters never to win a uh, UFC championship. It is a bunch of them. I mean, it's a long list, but at least a flyway, he was always uh, uh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, Marco's right. I mean, and Pam, by the way, hilarious line. I had to write this down. I think he got finished three times in the first. You know, uh, Joe B., of course, everyone likes him. Um, good person by all accounts, but there were way too many chances, in my opinion. Let's go to the middleweight we went, guys. I was completely surprised. Pam and I were both wrong on this one. Jack Hermanson. Finishes Kelvin uh, Gaslam in the first one minute and oh 18 seconds in. Uh, Marco, let's go to you, the Joker. Is he the real deal or is Gaslam just not more Nazrat, whatever his name is, <laughs> his twin? Uh, what's going on with Kelvin? Who, me? Mark- Marco. Did we lose him? Oh. Hi, I got it on mute. My bad. My bad. Uh, look. Uh, Gastelum, man. God damn it, man. He's so good. And then he's just a bit like this. Uh, maybe that fight with Easy took something out of him because that was by far one of his best performances ever. And he, he came around the losing ad, man. And then you, you, you can make the case that one take that on the fifth round of that fighter, he would have been the champion. But, uh, fake, man. I don't know what to do with Gastelum, man. I mean, the, the guy's young. He got that on his side. So that is a good thing, but he's in a three-fight losing streak. And you know how it goes for him to make the cut to 170? He don't like it. He don't like it, and he, he's not able to make it. So he's going to have to step back a little bit and, and fight less of competition because he's still a name. Kermasin is a real deal, man. I mean, uh, except for the Caronier fight, where he lost basically on his hometown up in, in Sweden. But he's from Denmark, but, you know, he, 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 they, they, he was the main feature that they on that fight. He, he's on a, on, a, on a big winning streak, and he's, no, he's not beating chumps. He's beating quality competition, man. The Joker is something to, 
to be reckoned with. I just, I think uh, Cromancer is going to struggle with the top three guys in the division. Uh, I, I honestly believe he wouldn't be able to beat the Whitakers, the Arizanas. We already know he cannot beat Cannoneer, or even the Costas. But, but he's a player, man. I mean, he got a... He has to be, be one more quality man for him to make a claim for that uh, middleweight title shot. But uh, don't, don't sleep on the guy because he, he can't be He's very, very good. The guy is very, very good, especially on the ground. Didn't know he got submission from the bottle like that. I know I knew about his guillotine, but now we know. Uh, you know, Cromanson, contender, Gastelum, uh, right now, Right now, Gastelum is a gatekeeper position. Dan, let's go to you on this one. Kelvin, of course, struggled to make 170, goes up to 185. But he's a small 185, you guys. He's not yes, big he at 5'9". Um, like Pam says, Taco Tuesday. Uh, Pam, um, what say you? Kelvin Gastelum gets defeated in the first. Recklessly. I know. Well, I think, um, I, I think what was happening, I think Jack Hermanson was excited by watching that Ariane Lipsky fight. Because he wanted to do the same thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> ow, 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 ow. Um, was it that? Ow. You know. Um, Holy crap, I, I that was painful. Kelvin, and we, we talked about this before, that I, I think Kelvin, he's too big for one 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 uh, weight class and too small for another weight class. So it's like, what do you do with him? Do you put him on a more stringent diet and bring him back down to a lower weight class? I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know, because it's not that he lacks in skills. He is very skilled. I just think he's not very disciplined. I agree with you there. And, by the way, shout out to the poor Luana, uh, the poor lady that had her knee. Good Lord. I mean, that was, uh, oh, my gosh. I, that's one of those things I never want to see again, like uh, Anderson Silva and his leg. Oh, poor girl. And she's one hell of a kickboxer, too. Let's go to lightweight. I got a guy that surprised everyone. I still don't know how good he is. Rafael Fiziev defeats Marcia Casey. Pam, we got that wrong too, by the way. Oh, um, we sure and, did. And, and I won, by the way, just because I got uh, Ariane Lipsky right and Davison right. But uh, so did you, by the way. Uh, Pam, um, is Rafael the real thing? Because I don't know. I don't know. Well, he sure was. Uh whooping some ass on Saturday because nobody knew who he was. Remember, we were we were talking about the fight, and we're like, I, I don't know anything about this guy, but we knew Mark Diakisi, and we knew he was a pretty badass guy, but this guy, oh, man, I thought he was going to snap this guy in half with his leg kicks. I mean, <laughs> oh those body gosh. kicks, oh my gosh. And then the echo, oh, Dios mio. Ay, Dios mio. It was crazy. So I, I think uh, he seems like he's pretty much the real deal. I would love to watch him fight again. I don't know who I would put him up with, but I'm definitely going to be intrigued by his next fight. Are we talking about Mr. Metrics? Holy shit. We're so, we're so freaking, uh, what is his name? Mr. Anderson. Neo. Uh, I forgot the name of it. We saw Neo, Neo. the freaking. Neo made it to the USC, man. Neo to the USC. <laughs> I guess Mr. Diakese was playing the role of Mr. Uh, Smith, man. That guy's good, man. Holy shit. But, uh, I mean, he, it's not like he's new because he, his previous fight in the UFC, he came and he lost, but on a good effort. 
but now he unfolds his full Tiger Mutai potential. The guy is the co- striking coach on Tiger Mutai. He's Peter Jan, the freaking Bantamweight champion striking coach. So, yeah, yeah the guy is pretty freaking good. I want to see what he got, man. I mean, uh, the KC is one thing, but moving up the ranks is going to be a different game. And now people yeah, have take, they, taken a look. Yeah, I think what happened ahead, with that ahead, was I think uh, Kisi turned it on just a little bit too late. You know, I, I think yeah, he thought like, it was like going to be an easy fight. Yeah, like I said, man, uh, the, the is one thing, but the rest of the freaking division is, is a, a completely different animal. But, oh, yeah, those body kicks, man, like, holy crap. Ooh. Who put a baseball bat in that guy's chin? <laughs> excited to see what happened next. You know, I'm excited to see what happened next. I mean, of um, old Aldo. That's what those kicks were like. Yeah, no kidding. Power. This, this guy kicks hard, though, guys. Ooh. I mean, yeah, harder than Aldo. Okay, next. Guys, let's go up to the up-down report. By the way, it's shout-out to Agent Smith, our own Agent Smith, uh, Proteus. Um, I always called him that, Agent Smith. So shout-out to my partner, uh, Proteus, Agent Smith. Guys, let's go up-down report. Who goes up? Who goes down? And Pam, I'm going to go first because you know where I'm going. Ariane Lipsky. I chose her for obvious reasons. The problem is, boy, she looks even better than what I thought. Shout out to Ariane Lipsky and poor um, shout out to Luana Carolina. I hope she heals well coming back and and, uh, starts kicking rear. But my up report, Ariane Lipsky, my down report, guys. Davi Hamos, man, he's a submission machine, and he just lost another decision. Um, Marco, let's go to you. Up, down, report. Who goes up? Who goes down? Okay, I'm going to stay the obvious. Up, Davison Figueredo, the new champion. The guy really showed us that he's a force to be reckoned. And thanks to him, Dana White finally admitted that the flyways are here to stay. So good, <laughs> good for the flyweight. I guess it wasn't Seguro, it wasn't anybody else that freaking David Figueroa was going to say the flyweight. It started from another day. But uh, on, the, on, the, on my down report, it has to be Kelvin Castello, man. I mean, I expected mm-hmm. more from Kelvin. And uh, losing like that is a really bad look for him. And I told you, uh, he's going to be relegated to the gatekeeper status until he... He dig himself out of this hole. It might take him a couple of years. The only thing good for him is that he's young. But don't report for Rick and Kelvin. No, I, I, I have to agree with you. Pam, on this one, mm-hmm. up-down report. You saw this. Uh, just like Marco, oh, you guys never miss a fight. Who goes up? Who goes down? Well, I got to say, um, and this is going to be, uh, I mean, for me, I, I think um, – Davidson figure he was always up, so there's no up down. I think Joseph Benavides, there's no up down. I think uh, the person that that stands out to me that goes up to me has to be Jack Hermanson because I think people don't think that he is as good as he is, and he's kind of like hidden in the shadows. But he's the real deal. I think he, you know, he's ranked. What is he? Well, he was 11. What is he? Or not 11. I'm looking at my my card here. I'm not sure what he's ranked now, but he has to go up. There's no place else for him to go but up. Kelvin Gastelum, I don't I don't know what to do with him. I, I think he goes down. I think, uh, like Marco said, 
he's the gatekeeper right now. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad of, place to be because um, maybe that'll be a good learning tool for him. You're right. Uh, by but the way, I, I got a surprise center here. Yeah. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, people. Angelica, say hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Say hi, Pam. Hi, Angelica. Hi. <laughs> surprise entry to the I'm Ready program. <laughs> Shout out to Angelica. You're gonna you're gonna like this. Jack Hermanson now, according to the UFC rankings, take that for what it's worth. Number six, Pammy, ahead of Kelvin Alrighty. and Derek Brunson. Wow. Even the dog is happy. Yeah, shout out to the dog. Um, guys, let's get out of here. As we get out of here, Pam, I'm gonna do something different because I know I've been giving out 90 day fiance. Of course, I don't no, want this. God. But I know some people do. I don't want it. God forbid I want that crap. Right? But, uh, yeah, I would never watch that. But I have watched Pillow Talk, so shout out to Pillow Talk. And Veronica Rodriguez in uh, Pillow Talk. We follow her at V-Rod on the IG um, so, uh, VP Rod, I think, is what she goes by. Pam, let's go to you. Oh, Any Twitter I got a good one for you. Do you know plus? what I watched last night? I watched Mucho, I think it's called Mucho Mucho Amor. If you know who Walter Mercado is, Walter y las Estrellas, Netflix did a documentary on him that was amazing. Is that the guy that does a fortune telling? Yes. Yes, yes it is, and it's a really good documentary, I agree with Pam. It was an amazing documentary. Yeah, last year. Oh my God. I didn't realize, I mean, I was watching, because I remember when we were watching it come on, and we were like, oh, you know, get all excited for our horoscope, Walter is on. But man, I didn't realize the magnitude of his stardom. Tony, if you get a chance, man, you got to watch it. He was such an amazing person. A little quirky, but man, this dude was just amazing, amazing. It's called Wow. All right. Now I'm going to watch it, Pam. Uh, shout out to you. Marco, close your show. Sorry, I got to unmute again. So, my uh, guilty pleasure of the week is the Showtime documentary Outcry. Uh, better than that, a uh, high school football prospect, great kid, just accused of uh, abusing children. But you have to watch to see what the end is. We have it here in Austin, oh, Texas. No. It's a five-part series, and you got to see the trials and tribulations of what uh, this kid Greg went through. Watch this freaking documentary, and it's going to be eye-opening, especially about... And how bad Santa Cisca get for, for a false accusation. I'm giving it too much now. Follow Cody DJ Tony. Follow Panapandora Box. Follow me, Amelda Marcos. Follow producer at Produce. We miss you, dude. Follow the show another MMA cast. Read on review as Knuckleheads. We're on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. We're not getting your Rogan money, goddammit. Uh, <laughs> two weeks of fights on Fire Island. Four fights in two weeks. Freaking outstanding. Uh, we got Bobby Knuckles and Darren Peel this weekend. And then back to Vegas for a while before they go back again. Probably soon, sooner rather later. 
We're going to leave you guys. Catch you guys next week. Enjoy the fights. Perfect ending, camp. And just like mm. that. Buenas noches, amigos. <laughs> I'm not surprised, <laughs> motherfuckers.